You're listening to Once, Episode 30, Listener Feedback and Theories. Welcome to Once, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're so happy that you are listening to us. We've got some awesome theories from you, our listeners, to share with us. This is still that unfortunately long hiatus, but we have some awesome episodes coming up. Yes, we do. And... Uh, Wow, I I just can't wait. But then again, it's like, oh, I don't want it to end. Four episodes. Only four. And it's starting again this Sunday. So it's like bittersweet that it's coming back so soon and so late. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I do want to say thank you to everyone uh, who has recently left some iTunes ratings and reviews. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, you can get to it easily either by going to the website, oncepodcast.com, or jump straight to it, oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. And everything we mention in this show, show notes, links, and everything will be in the show notes for this podcast episode over at oncepodcast.com slash 30. And then you can get these videos that we mentioned and also the links to forum posts and messages from each person. And everything that you would want to get from us is over at oncepodcast.com. Just one website, links to it all follow us all, join the forums, all of that over there. We have uh, some great feedback, but before we get into some of the feedback, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been re-watching episodes. And Jeremy, you've especially been re-watching some episodes. Uh, you've said you've gotten up to, what, episode 10? 10, yes. Yeah. I was going to watch after our, uh, our podcast, what, last week or two weeks ago? I was going to watch one episode a day up until the return because that's how many episodes there were and how many days there were. It hasn't really gone that way, but um, <laughs> but it has been interesting watching the 10 that I've watched. And I've taken a few notes. It's funny because re-watching, you start to see things that even watching twice, we went to the podcast or we've done feedback and we've debated certain points. And then when you go back and you watch the episode again, you're like, oh, they said that pretty clearly. <laughs> I know. It's like they say hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. And, or just little insights that I've had or things that I didn't notice. For example, for some reason in the pilot episode, I never noticed before that the blue fairy was actually having the tree brought in behind her as she came to the roundtable meeting to announce that somebody could be saved from the curse. It's like being pulled in behind her. And I just, it took until this time to notice that. Maybe, I guess maybe I'm the only one, but. (laughs) And she did have legs. You noticed that this time too. She did have, (laughs) wow. Uh, Another thing I noticed from that episode, well, well, the first thing was when they went down to see Rumpelstiltskin in the prison cell. He climbs down from the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. He's standing there like a parrot or a bat. Yeah, Is he, he really? Yeah, and I was a little surprised. He was just a little bit more um, creature-like in that one than was he, he like is a later lemur? on. <laughs> like a lemur, <laughs> yes. Did you notice, re-watching it, that the walls of the mines were sparkling? I did not notice like that. Like from diamonds. And that's the thing, is that we realized that's the diamond mines where 
the dwarfs uh, were once mining. And that's why there's the statement, a lot of dwarf blood went into this. Possibly. Possibly. There may still be more to that, I still say. He definitely seemed to close his eyes, and he seemed to be reading the future when he was talking to James and Snow. Yeah, that's true. Which I had forgotten that sort of detail. In episode two, I noted that Evil Queen, as we called her in those days, actually said, love is weakness to Maleficent. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We most recently in Stable Boy learned where she got that sort of thought process. Episode three, Snow had kind of a heart-shaped necklace. I thought it was heart-shaped. It might not have been. Uh, that had her bad fairy dust in it. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that was possibly the same necklace that we see in the picture of Snow as a child in oh, Hat Trick. Now, that picture, got to clarify now. And okay. This, uh, if you go to our show notes on Hat Trick, I think it was either that or... Yeah, so within our last couple episodes, either episode 28, oncepodcast.com slash 28, which I'm pretty sure that's where it was, you'll see the picture there that it's not a locket in her hand. When you compare it to the actual image, okay, it was when Snow was reaching up toward that oh. plant and Cora's mother came. Okay, so, so it really is that scene. Right, so I, okay. I put the two screenshots, the screenshot of the real scene and that screenshot of the book next to each other. Okay. And you can see every single detail in both pictures, even okay. Cora in the background. Really? You can see her hand oh. in the background, the table in the background with the things on it. And when you look at the actual event, you see that the little heart-shaped thing is actually just a, okay. like a berry kind of thing from the plant. Still pretty cool because it was in the episode before that. Right. The picture wasn't shown in the episode before that. Let's see... And again, you can check that out. Uh, I'm going to double check that again. It should be at oncepodcast.com slash 28, I think was uh, the episode when we posted that those screenshots. In, uh, in episode four, the one about, for some reason I'm forgetting titles, was the one about Cinderella and Ashley. The price of gold. Yes. Gold says to Emma about Ashley, wouldn't want that child to be born in jail. But it hadn't been revealed yet that Henry was born in jail. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Mm, nice. In episode seven, the huntsman gave Snow a whistle, and we've never seen her use it yet. Yeah. So I wonder if that's coming up this season or in another. Oh. Okay. I think it could be big. It, l- here's a random theory that it probably will come up. Remember the last thing we saw from snow is that snow and the seven dwarves decided they're going to go kick some king george butt (laughs) yes we did uh, see that uh, both uh, gabe kuth and um uh, i forget his first name but (laughs) debadio um what are you a couple of the dwarves tweeted and i tweeted back to them said i really hope team seven is we're looking forward to seeing Team 7 kick butt. Team 7 being the dwarves. Yes. So maybe she uses that whistle when she's with Team 7, and maybe the huntsman comes. Like she whistles and says, release the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that whistle was for like summoning wolves. He said he was pretty vague about it. Just yeah. like, if you need help, use this. Um, well, right. It would make sense that it would bring wolves because... Mm-hmm. dog whistles oh, and yeah. wolves 
Maybe and he he's can hear with it. wolves. Maybe it'll summon red. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Leading a pack of the huntsman's family. And <laughs> I say family <laughs> like he did. Maybe it brings him back. Maybe it does. At least in fairy tale. I think we're going to see him again this season, but not in Storybrook, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, yes, dead. we're dead talking about dead. the huntsman again. <laughs> oh, I forget where. And somebody in the chat room not too long ago said, don't you talk about him. And I <laughs> had forgotten that that was a Regina quote. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right after he died, she said that to Gold. But, uh, let's see. Episode 8. Somebody said to Rumpelstiltskin, possibly the guard, I forget who already. Said, did you ever wonder if he's even your son? And I couldn't figure out if he was just, I think it was the kiss my boot guy. I couldn't figure out if he was just taunting him or if they threw that out there on purpose oh, yeah. because maybe Bay isn't his son. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Maybe I, I should have gone and rewatched these two. <laughs> I'm kind of Be- wishing I had now. Because well. maybe he went off to war, he comes back and she either has a baby when he's Mm -hmm. back or she's pregnant and gives birth after he gets back. So he has some kind of reason to maybe doubt that it's his. Yeah. But he assume he chooses to assume that it is. Yeah. Right. Like it seemed like maybe he's choosing to believe certain things that aren't true anyway, like saying she is dead, but it feels like maybe she's not. And he just, that's the reality he wants to believe because it's easier. Yeah. So maybe that maybe it's the same thing. In episode nine, True North, it, it struck me that Regina was sending Emma to Boston with the kids. And I was thinking, was she hoping they would all die? Like all three of them? Something bad would happen? You know, she might have because in uh, the more recent episode in Hattrick, or not Hattrick, in uh, The Stable Boy, we heard mm-hmm. that discussion and, mm-hmm. and Mr. Gold said to Regina... You know what happens when someone tries to leave right. Storybook. It's a bit insidious. And also about that episode, we tried to place the Hansel and Gretel story on the timeline and the retrieving of the apple. And I had forgotten, maybe we talked about it at the time, but Regina said to the kids, I've waited a very long time for this. So mm. still, it, well, it's difficult to place. The very long time could be regarding how long she's waited to get revenge on snow because remember the apple was the last thing mm. that she did before the dark curse the I last thing saying. she did to snow maybe not a long time specifically for the apple right hmm. but she she might have just figured this is my ultimate plan can't be broken forget true love <laughs> hmm. speaking of true love that was the only thing i wrote down for episode 10 uh, which I forget the title of that one too. Seven fifteen a.m. Thank you. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> it, it just struck me that Regina's curse—I don't know if I can call it Regina's—is a little bit sicker than you might think at first. It just struck me how she is sort of forcing, in a way, these some of these couples to essentially be cheating on each other. They don't even know they are. They think they're married to somebody else. That's what I've been thinking the whole time with Catherine and David and how sad it is. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like I'd thought about it, but I, this time I just really thought about that. And I just, I think once they all know what's going on, she's going to be doing real good to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 
when you figure out somebody did that, that's a pretty serious thing. She's going to have a lot to answer for at some point. And I still think the curse will be broken before the show is over. Really? You thought so? I do. Last week, you when I was gone... Um, Not before the season's over. Which, by the way, Nepal was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you need lemurs there. <laughs> I didn't come back with a Dutch accent, but... Um, yeah, I thought you said you weren't sure anymore. Maybe I did. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm not sure. I'm going back and forth. I don't think it will be by the end of the season, but I think before the end of the series, it very well could be in some form. Yeah, I think they'll partially break it, but I mean, they can just give you anything just to feast on for the the long summer break and then just say, oh, that didn't really happen. Four, four episodes left. <laughs> I don't yep. think we're going to see Emma go from slightly questioning things to breaking the curse in four episodes right it it seems way too fast right i hope they don't do it that fast but they could or maybe like they'll show us the last episode what if the last episode skips forward a couple years exactly to when the curse is broken so you're saying you're saying we might see the curse broken this season. That's true. But I, not necessarily I had, chronologically. I had counted it out for this season, but now that you mention it, and it's it wouldn't be... I mean, I know it's not necessarily a J.J. Abrams show, but these are people who worked on a J.J. Abrams creation. And if anybody watched Alias, which was a J.J. Abrams show, that's one show where they pretty much changed it up every season and one year at the very end of the season she something happens to her and next thing you know it's like three years later and they never went back it Hmm. just that's just the show going forward they changed a bunch of stuff it's three years later and no going back Hmm. yeah they could do that that would be a little weird because storybrook hasn't skipped it all yet Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd like that because things happen too much too frequently they might, in order to account for Henry's aging. Unless because... they all ate poisonous apples and fell in a deep sleep. <laughs> <Wow>. I mean, <laughs> I just can't see that happening. Nobody's awake to kiss anybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of kissing. I feel bad for the last guy. I have to kiss everyone to break the spell? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of kissing, I want to kiss up to our wonderful sponsors oh for this episode. And really, nice. we are so grateful for you guys. Rumple Gold fan, Sandra Goldilocks, or also known as Goldie have been wonderful sponsors for this episode and have donated. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. But we also have two official sponsors who have been sponsors of our bandwidth for this month. First is christianmeetsworld.com. It's a weekly podcast dedicated to interfacing Christianity with the world. Hosted by Jason Rennie, explores discussions about politics, worldview, philosophy, and more, all comparing them to a biblical worldview. You can join the podcast and listen to it over at christianmeetsworld.com. It's free to get, and there's some awesome conversation going on over there also in each topic for the comments. So check it out over at christianmeetsworld.com. And also, we have huge thanks to a new sponsor for the show, GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting is an awesome service that I have used, and I really like it. But they've updated it recently. And if you're not familiar with GoToMeeting, then here's what it solves. You have to have meetings. That's inevitable in life. And you probably have colleagues all over the place or maybe clients. And just getting people together or traveling for business is really inconvenient and sometimes downright impossible. 
But the solution for that is GoToMeeting, which now has high-definition faces. You can meet face-to-face online with people no matter where they are in the world. And it's great because you can read body language. You can understand your clients or your coworkers better just by seeing their faces. And it's so much easier to host a meeting this way. Ditch the whole phone thing. Switch to GoToMeeting instead. And if you want to use a phone, though... You can use a phone with GoToMeeting, or you can use your computer. You can even use an iPad. It's all HD and totally awesome. And I really love it because it's so easy to use. It's fast. I can schedule a meeting ahead of time, or I can just host one on the fly and just click, okay, join my meeting. It's already started right instantly. It's superb. So you can start hosting your face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. Our listeners can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait. Here's a special offer that you must remember. Visit gotomeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. That's gotomeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. Thank you, GoToMeeting, for your support. Give your meetings a happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally. So let's get into some of this awesome feedback that we've received from people. Now, just to remind everyone, if you want to send in feedback, uh, we'd love to have your feedback, especially about each episode right after it airs. So you can send your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or go to oncepodcast.com and record a message right there from your computer by clicking on the send a voice message tab over on the right side of the website at oncepodcast.com. And then you can uh, send us an audio message or you can email an audio message too, if you'd prefer. Just make sure it's kind of a low noise in the background. We don't want too much noise there so we can hear you. So we've got some awesome things to share with you. First from PJ Crane, he sent in a couple messages, but uh, one of these came in, he said, I'm listening to the latest listener feedback, which we released last time. That was episode 29. I heard that one of your listeners thinks August is the Wizard of Oz. One thin piece of evidence, he said, and obviously PJ is skeptical of this, (laughs) to prove is that August's license plate shows he's from Kansas. Dorothy and Toto were from Kansas, but the wizard came from Omaha, Nebraska. I knew it. August is Toto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Uh Uh-huh. Right. (laughs) And he also includes a link, which we'll have uh, in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 30. And he says, thank you for the great podcast. So thanks for sending that in, PJ. That's, yeah, that's a good point. However... Having a license plate that says Kansas doesn't necessarily mean he's from Kansas. It's like Emma has all this stuff that says, I love Boston, or she's always talking about Boston. But she gave birth to Henry in, in Phoenix. Jail. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, in, in jail. <laughs> I love jail. Right in the back of her car. So the license plate could be a clue and not necessarily a definite thing of where he came from but yes it's it's yeah it's still questionable now dan you've really latched on to this idea of who august is yeah i mean i i really wanted him to be peter pan and i keep trying to ignore all the facts of he may be pinocchio oh you're on the pinocchio bandwagon now huh (laughs) well let me just share this some things i've 
like put together. Um, Pinocchio is actually originally an Italian version, 1883. So it's an old story. And it was the second featured length animated film that Walt Disney made. Snow White was the first. And seeing Snow White mm. so predominant and ABC's owned by Disney, it would make sense to have Pinocchio a feature character in here because of the first two films they've created. Um, and then ABC, basically, he's a very important character. I think a lot bigger than Pinocchio because of the fact that he's a major film. And the Blue Fairy is actually in the original Pinocchio as well. Um, she gives Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket a letter and saying that uh, Geppetto was eaten by Monstro the whale, which is originally why I thought Dr. Whale might have been Pinocchio, mm-hmm. um, because he's a gross character type of like, <laughs> you know, like his personality. Um, and if he well, actually... Yeah, I thought he was Pinocchio because he's gross characters, personalities, vulgar, things like that. And then also um, Pinocchio actually at one point comes home and sees Jiminy Cricket. And Jiminy Cricket says that bad boys go uh, turn to donkeys and all that. Pinocchio got really mad, threw something at him and killed Jiminy Cricket. Oh, and later on, I think he comes what? back to life in the story. But the idea is Pinocchio is like an evil little boy. And it's it's odd because the Pinocchio that ABC portrayed is a very nice, like, I uh, seemed a, like a good boy. You mean Disney? Um, no, ABC, like the original when they first showed him just for a little little bit. Uh, and Geppetto said, uh, me and my boy uh-huh. can make that. So he seemed a lot different than the personality portrayed by um, the original story. Maybe he'd already been turned into a donkey. So, I, yeah. I <laughs> well, thought, he was a real boy at that point. He was. Um, so... The story of Pinocchio, as we know it, has already happened, I think. That's the weird thing, because they start... When Pinocchio itself is all about the childhood boy. So, if if August Booth is Pinocchio, then they're taking it to a level that's never been told before, because they've never written about... I don't think there's a story out there talking about Pinocchio growing up. No. Mm. So, although I thought Dr. Will was originally Pinocchio, because um, the original story of Pinocchio, Pinocchio being evil type mean bad boy um i really think that the whole idea of pinocchio being the second film ever created Mm -hmm. uh, they already have the other main characters in it i like him to be peter pan or the wizard but i feel like pinocchio just seems to be the most (laughs) logical sense even though i don't want to admit it dr whale had red hair too so red yeah ah remember let me read. <laughs> didn't Dr. Will have red hair? I didn't think so. I don't you didn't remember. Think so. What color no, it's, you can never remember people's blonde? hair anymore. It's kind of a sandy br- blonde. Oh. I just remember like... <laughs> Sorry, that sounded really funny. Maybe... It's not red. It's sandy blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just his face. Maybe his face was all red. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe it's... Yes. Too well, much. Let me yeah. read. Oh, it is sandy blonde. Is it? I thought it was red. Oh, dirty blonde. I was... I was always heard dirty blonde. I don't like here's, him. Here's a message from Ryan that I think is going to blow the Pinocchio theory out. Whatever. And it's Good. a very short message. He says, August can't be Pinocchio because the creators of Once Upon a Time said that August put his story in the book. Pinocchio was already in the book. Was it? Was I'm it? pretty sure Henry or... had referred to Pinocchio before August showed up. Could there be more to the Pinocchio story, or I should say to August's story, that he had to add later? Maybe mm. Henry hasn't gotten to the part that comes after Fairy Tale Land. Well, it comes back to 
what we saw him adding, we saw two stories that he was adding to the mm. book in that scene where he was uh, adding the stories. We saw uh, Snow White and Rose Red was one. And the other story was the golden uh, golden bird or the golden um, goose. No, not golden goose. But it was the the story about the uh, the bird that turned a tree into gold. And okay. that there was a golden feather left behind and several sons went to go after the bird, but uh, only one of them succeeded. So it could be that he's one of the sons from that, the son that succeeded going after the golden bird, kind of succeeded. There's more to the story, but you can read it all online. It's pretty it's easy to find. Hmm. You know what I'd like to know? What? <laughs> was August really adding stuff to the book or was he just fixing it it looked like he was adding stuff because what was there to be fixed i don't know it was in a box under the earth i really (laughs) i have no idea he also made it look like it was worn again he would have replaced the cover or done more repairs he he tried to keep it at least visually from what us viewers could see it looked like the same book yeah we actually really like to know we have a video we're going to play a little later on that may shed some light on this issue the video that you wouldn't let me see because you said I have to wait to see it during Correct. the show. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> we also got in another feedback from, uh, uh, well, a listener called this in. This is from Obi's Girl. Has a few theories or two theories here to share with us. And uh, she sent this through the website over at oncepodcast.com and click the send a voice message button. So take it away. Hello, Daniel, Once Crew. This is Obi's Girl. I have two theories to share regarding Hattrick. We know the stranger added the story about the golden bird to the book and what happened to Frederick. What about the other pages that he was letting dry? What if he added the Alice in Wonderland story to the book and that is why Henry was confused? And maybe you guys are right. In the process of putting the story together, he mixed up the page of the real Alice with a picture of young Snow White. My second theory is that Cora bartered Henry Sr. away to the Queen of Hearts and Rumpelstiltskin helped transport him to Wonderland. Cora told Regina that Henry Sr. died. Now, just for clarification, this is still her theory. She's not saying this part actually happened. But she later found out that she lied, thus leading her to enlist the Hatter to take her to Wonderland. As soon as Regina and Henry return to her castle, however, Regina wants to kill her mother for lying to her, but Cor pleads with her that she needs her. And instead of killing Cor, Regina imprisons her and keeps his secret. But Regina's real motivation for imprisoning Cor has less to do with taking away her father and more to do with vengeance for killing Daniel. Those are my two theories. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. Bye! Thanks for sending that in, Obi's girl. I I don't know, because it seems like Regina's brunt of her anger is at Snow, not at Cora. For some reason, yes. Doesn't make sense. It should be at Cora, her or, mother, not Snow. I th- like I said before, I think that it could be, it might just not have been revealed yet that she's gone after Cora. Right. Because Cora's apparently... Not so much in the picture at some point later. So something, 
I'm not going to say she's dead because look what happened when I said that about King George. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a surprise to, I think, everyone. Yeah. Unless we read the credits as the episode was actually playing. Correct. <laughs> Which that's sometimes a spoiler. I know. Which I don't pay attention to them sometimes. But thank you for sending that in, Arby's Girl. Some great theories there. And the thing about the the golden bird story being in the storybook and the different pictures, a lot of times in storybooks, the pictures don't necessarily line up with the stories on the opposite page. So just because we see these pictures next to a story doesn't mean the pictures go to that story. Like when Emma was flipping through the book and August came up to talk to her, almost every story on the pages she was reading was the golden bird, which we've seen that story so much. It's like the main stories we've seen on the pages have been Snow White and Rose Red or The Golden Bird. Which is so funny. Do you think that's intentional is the question. I, they're I, probably assuming we're going to try to read the pages. <laughs> I think it is intentional because we haven't seen those stories before August showed up. Well, how does Henry oh. know anything if the stories are mixed up? Maybe uh, it ties into his weird face at the beginning of <laughs> the, <Poor Henry. laughs> the episode just before Hat Trick. Um, he was looking at the book and we saw that picture of what we thought was Alice and it actually ended up being a young Snow White. Mm-hmm. Yes, And he was looking at it with a, a kind of confused looking face and maybe that's because he didn't remember the story being in there. Wouldn't it make sense if August had put the book together so that the pages matched like the pictures and the stories matched not well not necessarily because some storybooks just don't have the pictures that line up like that and that's it's we don't have to assume that they are intentionally aligned in any way but there are just pictures in there and there are stories in there i don't think we should assume that the pictures are connected to the stories on the opposite page I would. I mean, whenever I'm reading a book, I like to see the pictures that go along with the story. Yeah, but that doesn't always happen. That's why I'm saying might be the case with this, especially the older books. Like if you see those old books where color wasn't very, it was very expensive rather to mm-hmm. print in color. It was like the very center of the book had all the color pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. None of the other pictures were color or there weren't pictures at all. I don't know where you book. guys get your books. My books don't have pictures <laughs> in them anymore. <laughs> sad it is sad (laughs) adults like pictures too (laughs) jeremy would you uh, go ahead and read the uh, the next message there from rapunzel first of all you all are awesome and i love with many e's listening to your show i used to be all about the spoilers but i prefer listening to your group's theories so much fun Okay, this is something that has really been bugging me for a while. So ever since The Thing You Love Most, I knew Mr. Gold had to remember life as Rumple in fairy tale land. Thus began the great confusion of Rumple's intentions. So we know that Rumple helped create the great spell over fairy tale land to become Storybrook. Mr. Gold remembers his life as Rumple, and Mr. Gold helped Regina find a son. This leads to my question. Does Rumple slash Mr. Gold want to break the curse he helped create? Does he want to go back to Fairytale Land? I come to this question because Mr. Gold found Henry as Regina's son, the biological son of the one person who could break the curse. 
I have no doubt Mr. Gold knows all of this information because he created the spell. So why is he doing all he can to break this curse? Didn't we learn in Skin Deep he wants to forget? Which was uh, when he was spinning the little wheel and Jenny and I <laughs> said mm-hmm. this line to each other just recently. <laughs> he was spinning that wheel and... Well, I guess it worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you practice that? No. <laughs> so, And the last question she asks is, does he want to go back so that he could maybe be with Belle? Except I think he thinks Belle is dead there. Thanks for listening. You all are so much fun. Rapunzel. I think he invented the curse. And remember when he saw him just before he made what we think is the true love potion of some sort, he said to Snow White in Heart of Darkness that he's invested in her future. Mm-hmm. And he also said that to Mary Margaret in Storybrooke that he's invested in her future. Right. So maybe he was invested in in the same future, not like a fairy tale land future and a storybook future, but he sees a future that is still future to storybook. And that's what he's invested in. And so right. the curse is this whole huge elaborate plan to get to that point beyond fairy tale land and beyond storybook. Crackpot theory. Yes. His love potion, which is supposedly the most powerful magic there can be, is based on Snow White and Prince Charming's love. Mm-hmm. Their hairs. So, yes, their hairs. <laughs> their hairs, which are very much in love. Maybe they actually have to be together in order for it to work. Oh, could be. Or Didn't they he already least... use them, though, for the curse? Yeah, Maybe. No, We're not I sure don't yet. think so, no. Yeah, we don't we don't know yet so. what all those potions were for. Well, I had mentioned, or I don't know if I had mentioned or read someone else had said it that if you had to sacrifice what you loved most to create the heart, uh, to create to start the curse, it makes sense if the curse was put together by love. Yeah, and that's why it's so powerful. What you love most, otherwise, you know, a more powerful curse could be created after if we use the hairs. That sounds hairs. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, anybody else find it interesting that Cora might have had help? Um, Rumpelstiltskin might have tried to get Cora's son if she was the daughter of um, the Miller, the daughter, Miller's, Miller's daughter. daughter yeah. That Rumpelstiltskin tried to get her son, but later Regina, which is Cora's daughter. Um, Wait a minute. He just said firstborn. He didn't say son. Sorry, yeah, it did say son. The firstborn of Korra rumbled, might have, it seems if we put it together, might have tried to get. Um, and then he didn't. So then later on, Regina, Rumpel actually gets a son for Regina. When before, Regina was the one that he was trying to get from Korra. That's I mean, ironic. possibly, that's what it seems like. We, we got an email in that kind of addresses that. That's, this is also from PJ, had sent in saying... I've heard people on your podcast speculate that either Regina or her mother is the Miller's daughter from the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Now, we know that for sure that Cora, Regina's mother, was the Miller's daughter. But here's the extra part of this that I wanted to share. The University of South Florida has free audios of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales in iTunes. I just listened to the story of Rumpelstiltskin and learned that the king made the Miller's daughter queen 
because she supposedly made gold from weaving straw. Rumpelstiltskin actually did the weaving, as we know, but I think this proves Regina's mother is not the miller's daughter because she is not a queen. Spinning. It's spinning. However, (laughs) we also got another feedback about this that maybe what uh, Regina or what Cora had actually bargained for, not her firstborn, because they can change, and we've seen them change these stories around. Mm -hmm. Maybe what she bargained for was magic and not uh, the actual firstborn thing but maybe it was a magic thing and uh, i got that email from uh, this was inside an email from gabriel said in episode 18 the stable boy we learned that cora is called the miller's daughter she also states in the episode they were in poverty poverty and she had to make a bunch of deals to get them where they were. In the original story of Rumpelstiltskin, he appears to a miller's daughter and spins the straw into gold for her. Instead of the spinning gold part for her, she bargained with him for her powers. Now, this is he's theorizing this. If the whole aging part is an issue as well, I remember you vaguely mentioning it in the initial reactions that she might be placing a spell upon herself to keep her from aging normally or something along those lines. If any of this theory is true, this could explain some of the rivalry between Regina and Rumpel. That their deal was in some way she got power instead of any kind of firstborn or child being involved. Hmm. It's I'm not going to necessarily say that uh, that's fantastic theory. Or, I mean, like, yes, that's probably true. But uh, it's certainly a good theory. Why is everybody saying that she's not aging? She looked, she looked a good age for Henry Senior. Well, we don't. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and right. So she probably is aging, unless. Well, no, she probably is because would Henry Senior, when he was a younger guy, would he marry an old woman? Kind of, or maybe that was magic. Right. But yeah. I'm not sure why people are thinking her age is a problem. I'm, I can't figure out why. I don't think we really have anything, any good evidence to lean either way that she is. Well, I think there's more evidence that she does age normally yeah. than evidence that she doesn't age normally. And I don't really see a reason to say she must not be aging. Did that possible problem come up because people thought that maybe she was... Bay's mother? Yeah. Okay. That was one of the theories. Okay. There. So that's the only reason that there could be an age problem, I suppose. Now, Jeremy, you'd found some videos that you want to uh, share, and we'll have these actual videos, the full videos, linked in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 30. So this year, there was a conference called WonderCon, and I don't really know what that was and probably a bunch of geeks are mad at me for saying that right now (laughs) but uh, a lot of the people involved with once upon a time were there um kitsis and horowitz the show's creators were there and um jane espenson one of the show writers and so we've got a couple clips of interviews with them and we're just going to play parts of the one with kitsis and horowitz we'll have a link to the full video in the show notes okay one of the other side effects maybe this is explored further is we don't know if like mr gold has the capacity to leave he's got an awareness of his former life so the curse hasn't affected him completely does he have the ability to kind of evade the curse's effects um 
that's something that we uh, we are going to explore. We, we, we don't want to spoil it all, but, but we're, 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 we're... Go we're, ahead. We won't uh, tell anyone. <laughs> we're aware that like, what the curse does and, and, and how it affects people in a very specific way is, is really something that, uh, that comes up towards, uh, you know, as we finish out this season. But as far as gold and when he figured things out, I remember in the pilot in a jail cell asking Snow what the name of her daughter was, and then I remember at the end of the pilot, he had a look of an aha when he heard the word Emma. So that might have been the trigger. So that's, I found that very interesting. They're implying that Gold has not always known that he sort of woke up, had his kind of like when Graham kissed Emma, when Gold heard Emma's name, they're implying that that's what woke him up. And that's why he started doing a lot of the things that he's been doing, but apparently he's lived in the town for 28 years without doing those things. Oh. Hmm, nice. that makes sense. Because, yeah, he could use please a whole lot more if he remembered. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, why would he get the son of the only woman who can break the curse? Right. And so the question is, did he know what he was doing or was it sort of a destiny thing? Yeah. And oh. and yeah, and I mean, they, they touched on it. They didn't really say, but how did he go about getting Henry? Could he leave? Could he not leave? But it sounds like we're going to find out somehow in the next four weeks. That'll be cool. I think Rumpel always knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. So then we have another clip from the same interview where somebody asked them a question that I'd been kind of wondering why are, I mean, I've thought it specifically of David, but a lot of people... Why are they such wimps in Storybrooke compared with <laughs> compared with how they are in Fairy Tale Land? I have a slight bone to pick with you guys. Okay. Pick it. Why are most of the men in Storybrooke, Mr. Gold aside, such wusses? <laughs> well, like, well I want, all right, I want here, here's what I'll say about that, which is they are fighting a curse. And these, these are men, like, like David, for example, is a man who really wants to be a good man, and he wants to be this prince that he was, but he's, he's, he's a real man, and a real man would do what David did. I mean, I don't mean real man like in real man. I mean like in real every day, you try to do what you think makes everybody happy, and it always blows up in your face. And that's what David was, is he's so noble and, and great in, in fairy tale world. And in our world, he's cursed to just be average and kind of do the wrong thing, even though he knows it's the wrong thing. And he's not, and he's not a hero and he's, yet. He's also placed in, in an incredibly difficult position, which is he's in love with someone who's not his wife, who actually is his wife, but he doesn't know that. And the one who so is he feels guilty wife, about someone that is an implanted memory. So it's, it's, it's causing a lot of problems that he's got to work out. And, uh, you know, we're trying to help him out. Yeah, we're trying to do it. Well, when, he, when he lied to Mary Margaret, though, I just wanted to reach through and smack him. It's like, yeah. dude, man up. <laughs> I know, but then, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. He was just trying to spare Catherine's feelings, but you're right. He should have, should have done the right thing. Well, and then, of course... My I just hope is, it's not too late. Because Regina is, of I course, interfering either. in ways. She's saying one thing. She's out there. She's actively lying. Yeah. Yes. And and um, everyone's which, playing a game right now. With everyone this thing, is, and, and I wonder what it's about. And of course, he's only focused on the men. But you know, a lot of the characters don't seem as well fleshed in the storybook as they are getting well fleshed in in fairy tale land. And I'm 
partly it's because obviously their true natures are cursed and being repressed. Yes, that's right. So. And it's about awakening them, uh, waking them up. And I would say that uh, next week you're going to meet the Mad Hatter, and I'd say he's quite strong. Ooh. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. So that tells you when it was. Okay. I like it when the writers talk about wondering what's going to happen. That's obviously <laughs> tongue in cheek. Yeah. So then the last one we have is Jane Espenson, one of the show writers who wrote Skin Deep, among others of our favorites, uh, talking a little bit about August and the book and what I found most exciting, some things about where the show's going. This is a question we've been arguing about on the podcast. Uh, when the mysterious writer took the book, from, he found it in the, the, the sewer, wherever he found the book. He took the book and he did something to the pages. We've been arguing about, did he just repair the book or did he add pages or did he take away pages? We have totally been just arguing about that. Could you please answer that question? Looked to me like he wrote new pages and added them. That's what I saw. Okay, that's what I saw, too. Thank you. What about the overall arc? I guess the theme of the show is every... It's a little bit like you have the current day in Storybrooke, and then you show the back backstory or flashback, and they show that those two kind of stories kind of interweave. But what about the overall arc, I guess, in Storybrooke? Can you tell us anything about your vision of where you see that going? Well, it's not my vision. It's The show is created by Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, and they're our bosses, and they created the show, and they're shaping this whole story. So they have a vision for exactly where we're going, and I can tell you that things are going to be changing, um, that we've been sort of been sort of slowly creeping up on some pretty big events that are going to happen this season. Um, so keep an eye out. Stuff's, big stuff's about to happen. Um, overall, where, where we're going, they have a plan. They have a map. They know, we know what's coming up. We know what season two is going to look like. And it's, it's very cool. That gives me a lot of hope. Exactly. Because Heroes was an awesome TV show in its first season. Mm -hmm. After that, it fizzled. Lost, awesome TV show, doing most of it. Yeah, it had its lows. And I've been concerned, like whenever there's a new show that comes on that's awesome when it first starts, like Once Upon a Time, we love it. Mm -hmm. And most of the episodes are just amazing. I'm concerned about, great, but what about next? And like we were kind of talking about, what are we going to do for a series finale party? Right. And so it's like, well, is it even going to be that good of a series finale? But right. it's nice to know they already know where they're going with season two. Exactly. Because Alias, which I mentioned earlier, was kind of the same way. They changed it dramatically every season, but it got less and less focused. And they kept they kept changing in ways that told me they weren't sticking with the original story. And they didn't have a plan, but these guys do. And that's exactly what I wanted to know. They're not just whipping out episodes as the season goes they know where season one's going and they've even got a plan for next year yeah that's that's awesome i can't wait to see these last four episodes and then again i want them to take a little while before it's gone for months yeah that'll be a long hiatus by the way i mentioned a series finale well we're having a season finale party and we're going to set up a web page for this and go ahead and start uh, taking some tickets, and we are are going to have to charge just a small fee for this just to make sure that we can cover the cost of renting. But we're also going to provide some basic drinks and some snacks at the party. So it will be $10 per person, and that includes any kind of registration fees and anything like that with the system we'll be using. 
And the site that you can get uh, for that, the page where you can get this information as we know it for sure, will be oncepodcast.com slash party. And anytime we're going to have a party, that's the address that you can go to. That's so, a great URL. Yeah. If you're, if you're wondering like seasons from now if you're wondering oh, when's the next party well if you go to oncepodcast.com slash party we'll keep it up to date with saying what's coming or what has already been before the page isn't up at the time of this recording but we'll have it up there soon so you can go ahead and purchase the tickets uh, for how many people will be joining you and uh, that way we can get an actual headcount and know we've got two really cool places in mind and they're on opposite sides of cincinnati so a lot kind of depends on how many people we're going to have. I'm insisting that there's hot chocolate with cinnamon there. <laughs> there will be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So go to oncepodcast.com slash party if you'd like to attend that in the greater Cincinnati area. It will either be in northern Kentucky, which is just on the other side of the river from Cincinnati, or it will be in northern Cincinnati. But uh, check that out and RSVP there as soon as you can. And that way uh, we can determine for sure we have to determine this week where it will be now we also got another email in from uh, let's see it was from uh, or some more theories from gabriel and uh, one theory here uh, he sent in a few theories but for sake of time and some of the other great content that i want to get to that uh, i'll just share one of these other theories from him is this theory is from uh Gabriel, and he started off as... I want to interject that might not be a he. It might be Gabriel. Oh, did I say he? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're saying Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, he or she. And by the way, we did finally find out that Suri from many, many episodes ago is a girl. Yes, we did. (laughs) She emailed in to say, I'm a girl. (laughs) People should just do that. They're going to send us an email, like say... Gender, male, female. <laughs> yes. Put a little pronunciation of your name exactly. too. Daniel might not just, he might just ignore it. But. Sorry, I just have to point out how funny it was to hear you say, I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> the email starts off saying, hey guys, first, I love your podcast. It's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of the actual show as well. A short while ago, the time of episode 15 and 16... I had this crazy theory about Rumpelstiltskin. I thought that maybe he and Regina's mother, Cora, had been married at some point. I know that many people are putting this theory down, but I have some examples from previous episodes to suggest that this might be possible. In episode 8, Desperate Souls, the Duke says that after Rumpel returned home from the war, being a coward, his wife could not bear the sight of him. Perhaps while he was at war, she had an affair not knowing if he was dead or not. Being afraid of him finding out, she fled. Thus the story that the Duke says is born. Rumpel tells Balefire that she is dead later on in the episode. He might feel betrayed and doesn't want his son to know, so he lies to him. I think this is a really good explanation. Really? Well, the way that Rumpelstiltskin said she's dead sounded like, uh, no, she's not. She's dead to you kind of thing. Well, and it does sound like a callous thing for a wife to do, and Cora is that, so <laughs> she could have left. And honestly, it wouldn't be the first time in the show that someone has told their child one of their parents is dead, and that parent really is not dead, because Emma did that to Henry. Connecting this to the Cora being the Miller's daughter theory, as the fairy tale go... The Miller said he 
I know my grammar wasn't quite right there. Uh, <laughs> he said, silent. I have a daughter, or he basically told the uh, the king and queen, or the king, I have a daughter who can weave straw, or string, spin straw <laughs> into gold. Yes. What if she was good with magic, and he was thinking, my daughter's good with magic. Here's a deal I can make to get my family rich and wealthy and help the king and all of this stuff and get fame and fortune and all of this stuff. So he says, my daughter who can do magic can do this. I mean, after all, why would a father say that about his daughter? Yeah, my daughter can spin straw into gold. <laughs> you, you can't do it, right? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense quite why he would just say that if she really can't or if he doesn't have a reason to believe that she can. So what if Cora had the magic already, but discovered she doesn't have that ability to spin straw into gold? Interesting. And so that's when Rumpelstiltskin comes in. And maybe that's that they already knew each other. And she like called him up, said, hey, I need your help. Or that um, he came then and that's when they first met. So quick question. Are we talking about Cora and Rumpelstiltskin that Cora that they were together and well uh gabriel gabriel's theory is that maybe they were married and maybe belfire was their son if together if they were married then that would make sense why if, let's say rumpelstiltskin came and asked for and demanded cora's firstborn because what if that was his child oh and regina's actually you know rumpelstiltskin's the real father of Regina. Yeah, that could be. It's it's thrown out there and it hasn't Wait. I haven't heard that, but huh. Huh. That's, hmm. and and going along with that, we have seen Regina disguise herself as an old woman through magic. What if Cora could disguise herself as a young woman when she married Henry? Creepy. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she's disguising herself now as an old woman. Or, or now meaning in the stable boy. Maybe she's making herself look old. Regina's old woman up. looked like an old, freaked out, like, possessed woman. <laughs> yes, that is a great way to describe how that looked. <laughs> so it's it does open up some really interesting ideas, and I really appreciate that, Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to call her that? In that for the rest of the night. I'm going to call them that. Clearly, you're going to have to write to us again. Now, we have some really active forums over on onespodcast.com slash forums. And we've got over 6,000 posts in there that are just containing some awesome theories about uh, Once Upon a Time and all sorts of episodes. And especially as people have been re-watching the episodes, they have been um, making notes about uh, the episodes that they're rewatching, but Dan, you've been looking through the forums and you found some really interesting things to share with us. And by the way, check out the forums yourself. If you're not already a member, it's real easy to join. It's absolutely free. Go to oncepodcast.com slash forums and you can join there. And if you rewatch the old episodes, please chat about them in the forums. We've got all of them for the old episodes and upcoming episodes. If you want to share spoilers, please use this, the spoiler tag or post in the designated area, or you can theorize uh, without using spoiler tags if your theories are truly theories and not based on actual spoilers. Yeah, don't don't try to impress everyone by using (laughs) 
some fake tone of, oh, I just came up with this when really it's a spoiler. Just saying. Yeah, I actually found um, someone had wrote in on the uh, forum here talking about the name because I was out last week, but I heard you guys discuss that uh, might be the wizard um, and actually had uh, Wagon Maker as the name for um, Booth or for Wayne. Hmm. Wagon Maker. Wasn't it Wagon Maker? Well, where where are you? You discussed that there somewhere in there. Oh, you discussed yeah. that that's what Wayne meant. Yeah, someone had sent that in as some feedback. So someone actually said um, that he does think August is going to end up as Pinocchio, and that he's been thinking about his name again. And he says, "I think he it hints at him being a royal craftsman, um, a woodworker, just like Pinocchio." And I actually looked this up, and there are some discrepancies in where you look up the name of Wayne, where some mean craftsman, some mean woodworker, um, which makes more sense, I think, than wagon maker. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of actually carving wood, and that would definitely point more so to Pinocchio as opposed to uh, the wizard from Wizard of Oz. But then it ties back into that thing about he added his story to the book and Pinocchio was already in the book, which the reason we're thinking that is it seemed like Henry at some point said something about Pinocchio. Uh-oh. How do we know? He said, I'm not Pinocchio in the pilot. Oh, Henry did. Yeah. Yeah. How do we know um, he added his story back in? The pr- the creators have said that. Oh, really? Yeah, I Adam and about that. Uh, Horowitz and Kitsis. Well, maybe Pinocchio wasn't really in the book i mean everybody knows about pinocchio but maybe he wasn't in that book for some reason yeah it could be or maybe the whole story wasn't there we maybe we see pinocchio but we don't see something else about who he is for some reason like where he came from so i'm assuming he's not actually geppetto's son for real right Hmm. you know the more i've thought about it just tonight i hadn't thought about it this deeply before but They've set up Geppetto's backstory beautifully for why he would be making puppets in the first place. Maybe he just sort of gets this thing for puppets, like kind of an obsession because of what happened to his parents. Oh, yeah. They were turned into puppets and later on there's the whole Pinocchio thing. So I forget, I guess he makes Pinocchio in the original story. I've gone back and forth in my mind about whether maybe Pinocchio started out as a real boy, got turned into a puppet like Geppetto's parents, but then was able to be turned back, except that supposedly that can't happen. So I don't know. Maybe it goes the other way with Pinocchio, just like the original story. Hmm. Saying that he's going to be turned into a puppet or just saying that his parents that, were a puppet and that was enough puppet for the story to be considered Pinocchio? No, that Geppetto would make a puppet that would become a real boy, just like the original yeah, the the times we've seen people changed into inanimate objects, they haven't changed back yet. Right. The, there are only three, well, two, kind of. Uh, Geppetto's parents, well, you could count that as one or as two, but, and then the, <laughs> the third, so we'll say those are two. Okay. <laughs> to be mathematically <laughs> correct. You. The third is uh, the Gaston. He was changed oh, into a rose. I wasn't sure what you were going to say, so yes, that's four. Yeah, so Gaston is three, and then the gnome that laughed at Regina, the evil queen, when she tried to enact the curse. And he's now the yard ornament. So that's four things. Four people turned into inanimate objects that have never come back from that. Right. So I think 
I think what you're saying, yeah, very, very true. Some people have theorized, I don't know if we've talked about it here or if it's, I guess it's been a while, but that Pinocchio was made from the same tree originally, this magic tree that was able to transport Emma to our world and save her from the curse. And that somehow Pinocchio's being made from that tree gave him the ability to be saved from the curse as well. Mm. I, you know, I don't know that it's a perfect theory, but it's interesting. It, Yeah, it could be a good one, I think. And uh, well, by the way, we'll have a link to the show to that forum post and that whole thread so you can read that conversation over in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 30. And uh, Dan, did you see uh, some other cool things from the forums that you wanted to share? Um, there's some other ones of talking about August W. Booth being the White Knight or uh, Lewis Carroll. I'm not too familiar with that one, so I'm going to... White Knight. Read oh. up on that one a little bit more, but um, well, is that a character actually in Wonderland? Or well, they're saying that August means noble, Wayne means many different things, but Booth means Carol. They're thinking, I guess, Lewis Carroll. Um, I don't know. That's another little theory that we can look into as well. But hmm. and uh, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of conversation. He's like the hottest topic now for everyone to talk about. Is who is he really? And he's the biggest mystery right now for all of us. We also have uh, one other email here. This is from Terry. And Terry writes in saying, Hi guys, not sure if someone has posed this as a possible time theory in Storybrooke. I've only gotten through part of the podcast. I think that time has been flowing at a normal rate, but maybe the people of Storybrooke just forget anyone who doesn't belong the next day. This would allow for Henry to grow up, mail delivery, food delivery, etc. Also, Regina calls the state about Hansel and Gretel. As much as I sometimes wish it were so, the main state government is no fairy tale. (laughs) There are still pockets of Maine that are still very Storybrooke-like in their insulation. Storybrooke-like in their insulation. Enjoying the podcast, and it helps to get through the hiatus. Terry in Maine. Hmm. That's why she knows the Maine government isn't a fairy tale. I will agree with part of that. Time is not flowing normally because they've said it's not or hasn't been. And there are things like how they haven't aged, but Emma has and Henry has. So clearly something's been different. The outside world, of course, time has been flowing normally, but the forgetting people, I don't know if anyone's ever been able to come to Storybrooke before, but this idea of forgetting them if they have or forgetting the outside world is really good because that explains why they have modern things in Storybrooke. We could see, I can imagine us seeing flashbacks to Storybrooke when it was first created, where you have everyone looks the same, they're living the exact same lives, but everything is more in the past, like all their clothes, their hairstyles, the cars and everything is from, you know, 20, 28 years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as these things come, they just sort of that haze, as long as anyone can remember, continues to affect them so they can get new things, but they just kind of forget what's in the past because they're stuck. That that would make sense because how do you go through a day not remembering anything at all, but maybe it's just the day that they remember. Right. It's like 
they clearly have some sense of memory, but they don't notice that this Ashley girl never has her baby. Mm-hmm. They don't notice that nobody ever ages. Frankly, I've wondered why Henry has never mentioned that the other kids don't age, that he's catching up to them as he goes through school, I assume. That was brought up at Paley Fest, which happened okay. a couple months ago. Is I can't remember what the question was, but Kitsis and Horowitz were there and mentioning that, that Henry growing up was starting to, they were kind of, you know, the way they throw these things out right. there, suggesting it when maybe this is what they're saying. Acting like they don't know. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Henry was growing up perhaps noticing that it seemed like the people around him weren't aging like he was, that he was going through school, changing grades, but no one else was. And then he finds the storybook, reads it, and Mm -hmm. then he realizes, oh, this is why. Isn't that a little strange of Regina to not anticipate that problem? Yeah. Maybe she thought anyone who comes to storybook would stay. Yeah. As they came in. That's true. There's no guarantee that she fully understands the curse. She had to get Rumpel's help to figure out how to enact it in the first place. Or what if anyone else who had come into Storybrooke would have been locked in time except for the daughter of Emma? I mean, the, the son <laughs> of Emma. Interesting. That's interesting. I was thinking Emma is the daughter of Snow and Prince Charming that escaped. That's why I said daughter there. That gotcha. would make sense of why August comes after the curse has been, that part of the curse has been broken. Weakened, anyway. Right. right. With the time, because otherwise he would have been caught in that time too. So he was powerless if he had gone in. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe she, well, obviously Regina doesn't know who Emma really is. Right. And it's funny. I'm wondering if Regina thinks August is the savior. Maybe. Although Gold did say to Regina something like, I would say you think you know exactly who she is. Yeah. But then again, Regina is being extremely skeptical of August. Because August doesn't have a reason for coming to Storybrooke. Emma does. True. Emma's reason is her son is there. Right. It's very you know, logical, seems to make sense. But then August, here's a stranger that seems vaguely familiar to Regina. Right. Has no reason for being there. Does no she connection. even know that Storybrooke has a savior? Yes, because... She had gone to Rumpelstiltskin in the second episode. But he didn't tell her who it was, right? Right. He didn't tell her who it was, and he didn't say the gender, right? We, what, he, Jeremy, you rewatched it. Right. I forget whether he said the gender, but he de- he said Snow White's unborn child. Yeah. So, right, that's all he said. The exact line was, nothing can stop their darkness, <laughs> except for maybe their unborn child. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Sound clip. That was awesome. Okay, with that, maybe we should wrap up the show. Maybe we should, before you turn more into Rumpelstiltskin. And I'll start hanging off the ceiling. (laughs) Start calling you Deary and everything. Oh my, let's go. (laughs) Wrap up. Oh, but listeners, we we love your theories, and I'm so sorry we can't get, cover all of them. We received so many emails from all of you, and the chat room is going crazy right now, saying, "Dude, that was creepy." <laughs> I'm with you, Midnight Jury. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and by the way, in the chat room, we've got a bunch of people in there. We do this show live every Wednesday at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time, or that's GMT minus four uh, right now in daylight time. I think it changes when we're not in daylight. But also, when the episode airs again on Sunday, 
uh, Jeremy's telling me yes. So we'd be GMT minus five. Correct. In Eastern Standard Time. When the episode airs this Sunday in Eastern Time and Central Time, we'll have the live chat room going over at noodle.mx slash live so you can chat during it. We tend to chat only during the commercials, but you're welcome to chat as much as you want during the show. Just please, no spoilers. And then immediately after that, the Central Time and Eastern Time showing, we record our live initial reactions. So that would be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, GMT minus four. And all of this is at noodle.mx. And let me shout out to the cool people in the chat room. Doxon, Heather, or also known as HJ Bayou. Hjbao. <laughs> Alias Scape, <laughs> Fortuna, 41 Rapunzel, Midnight Jury, Lady K, Anne, Obi's Girl, Gina, Nat, Goldie, and a bunch of others. Uh, Rumble Gold fan, Noni, several anonymouses, and others in there too that uh, I can't quite get to their names. But thank you everyone for joining us live. And we'd love to have you joining us live also for our upcoming episodes and this episode upcoming i think of once upon a time is going to be awesome now it's called the return yes it is. maybe they've called it that just to play with our minds because <laughs> it's the return of the tv show right <laughs> that I, would be terrible yeah i think that's not all they're not going to do that but yeah and we've seen these titles usually have something to do in both fairytale land and storybrook so whose return it could be someone different in both places it could be the same person could be we don't know but uh it will be awesome we've got four episodes left and our season finale party will be coming up soon please go to oncepodcast.com slash party purchase a ticket there so you can rsvp and let us know for sure how many people are coming and that way we can determine which venue we're going to get and you can also check there we'll have some links to different forum posts where we'll be discussing this because we want your feedback on what you think would be a more comfortable venue we've got two or three kind of places in mind like either a hotel conference room where we just set it up with standard chairs and a projector or uh, we could have it in a restaurant where they're willing to give us the whole restaurant in this hotel and this bistro area where there'd be yeah. a bunch of little TVs around the room where you could find a place you want to sit and uh, whisperers can sit with whisperers and silent <laughs> ones can sit with silent ones. And then we can all gather together and record our podcast afterward. I'm a whisperer. <laughs> and then uh, the third place we're looking at is a local entertainment um, installation company that has this cool mm-hmm. showcase room. Very impressive. Yeah, that has these nice big screen TVs, a theater area set up, some space to roam around. It's different rooms. So we could even be a, little, a bit more divided. But then like all of this, we're trying to figure out what would the community like best. So please go over to oncepodcast.com slash party. If it's not there, check back in a couple hours and uh, let us know. Discuss this in the forums or comment on that page and let us know what you would prefer, and also RSVP. And like I said, these locations are different. So I'll put the addresses or the general addresses of where we're considering in there. So if you want to get your hotel room, you can. Um, and we'll we'll try and finalize this as soon as possible. We have to within the next couple of days. But it will be $10 per person. And that will include um, covering the cost. We hope it'll cover the cost of renting the space. Donations will be gladly accepted. And also, we'll be providing snacks during the party for anyone coming. And you can find out more details over at oncepodcast.com slash party, P-A-R-T-Y. Thank you for spelling that. In case you didn't know how to spell party. (laughs) Well, maybe people are hearing me in a British accent. I just wanted to clarify. (laughs) And please follow the show on Twitter. 
com slash once podcast. Send us your feedback, feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and send a message through the send a voice message tab on the right side and record it that way. And then uh, make sure that you join the forums, follow us, get the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 30. And you can follow each of us on twitter.com slash uh, our separate names. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So check out everything over at the site, oncepodcast.com. And we'd love some more ratings and reviews in iTunes. So you can get all of that and everything else we've mentioned over at oncepodcast.com. Now we hope that you'll have a happy ever after. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like this one at noodle.mx. Hi, Dan. I've got some fake spoilers for you, or as I call them, foilers. The role of Henry will be played by Caratop for Season 2. Jared Gilmore just isn't really working out. Also in casting news, Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas will be switching roles. She will be playing the Prince and Noble, while he will be playing Snow and Mary Margaret. Finally, Vancouver isn't really as cost-effective as the cast network wants. The remainder of the series will be shot in sunny Miami. (laughs) Totally fake spoilers, but thank you very much, faithful reader. Miami, totally a place for the curse.